49er faithful welcome back to another episode of move the chains this is actually a championship game edition which we're very very excited to bring to you with me as always is alex what's up alex what's up sean what's up faithful uh all i gotta say is how about them cowboys <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that was uh that was one hell of a game it's not how any of us probably predicted or drew it up but you know we were able to get a very very hard fought uh, victory, you know, against a bitter, bitter rival. It was you know, uh, a satisfying victory because once again, oh, it really was. They make themselves look like fools at the very end <laughs> of the game. So it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it had that feeling to it as it unfolded towards the end. I think had they just made their extra point, it would have been exactly the same deficit. You know, last year it was a six-point game that we held on and squeaked it out. This year it was seven, but. Very well could have been six. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot to get into there. But um, yeah, like you said, Alex, it was it was very satisfying. You know, the media by and large picked the Cowboys. Some of that, as you know, we as we talked about, it's done to stir the pot, right? Controversy and you know, um sort of um being a contrarian is what sells, right? All these hot take guys on TV. So, you know, every year it's the Cowboys year. Right, it's America's yeah. team. We 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 went into all that, right? So, I think it was uh, it, it was definitely satisfying. It was one of those games where you, your emotions are so up and down that even though you didn't play, you're not a coach, you're not a player, but you're so invested as a fan, as a diehard that you feel tired after the game. Yeah, dude. It's uh, there's a lot of uh, standing up, a lot of sitting down, <laughs> <laughs> right? A lot Pacing. of um, just. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, just emotions up and down, right? It's you go from happy to stressed, happy to stressed, right? It's, yeah. That's why we love the know, game. I mean, it's part of being a fan, but yeah, you know, uh, let's just jump right into it. The defense, you know, absolutely showed up. It was a battle of the defenses as uh, pretty much as we thought would be advertised. Uh, and neither one disappointed, honestly. The Cowboys defense played well. The Niners defense played well. Yeah, no, it's so true to our script. We did give up some yards early, but then uh, you know, we were able to make our adjustments. I think that was the theme as we moved along. Yeah, that that Cowboys defense, they they look pretty scary, man. Um, not gonna lie. Uh, I think we saw Brock Purdy running around a few times. I think he got sacked in the first drive. I, I think there was a total of two sacks against Brock Purdy, but um, yeah. he he protected the ball. No interceptions. No fumbles. He threw away the ball when he needed to throw it away. Um, I mean, I don't want to use the word game manager, but he was exactly what we needed. Um, you can't say that, you know, we won the game because of Brock Purdy, but you're not going to say that we lost it because of Brock Purdy. True, but I, I put him a step up above, you know, the the prototypical game manager, right? Okay. The, the, the Alex Smiths, the, you know, even guys like, let's say, I don't know, Jay Cutler. You have Flacco, you know, early on in his career, you know, guys that just, you just don't mess up. Just don't make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, those throws that he made to Kittle, you know, over the middle, he had one uh, early on in the game and then one in that key drive late, you know, and he had a couple of real clutch throws on third down. 
Uh, I, I, for, to, to me, what separates a quality quarterback, uh, like you said, game manager, right? Not, not, not to pile on that term, but when it's third and six, can I rely on this guy to go make a clutch throw late in the playoff game? Or are we just going to run the ball and punt the ball, right? Is, is it effectively over after second down? Okay. I you know, you. The, the defense is going to put pressure. So if I have a quarterback where I can decently rely on him to convert third downs, especially when they're manageable, right? Third and five, third and seven. That to me is the key. And I I, I never felt a lack of confidence in Purdy in that in that situation. So I, I think I was happy with how he performed in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but Sean, you're right. It was a defensive game. I think um, they the Cowboys offense did not surpass 300 yards. We barely surpassed the 300 yard mark. Uh, I mean, it was, I mean, the score says it all right. 1912. When you see those weird scores with a bunch of field goals, you know, it was one of those, one of those cold, uh, ice, what do they call it? Ice shower or is ice game? I think it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're going to be in the ice bath after they're going to be bruised up pretty badly after that kind of a game Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. A couple other things, uh, before we continue back into the game, a uh, big shout out to all the Niner faithful that showed up to the game. Uh, I know just from talking, I was not able to make it, unfortunately, but you know, I have a lot of friends that have gone to pretty much every game since the stadium opened. And uh, this was one where we were a little worried about because Cowboy fans do travel. Well, they have played at Levi's twice before that was once during the chip Kelly year. And once during Shanahan's first season here in 2017. So back-to-back years, uh, they beat us both times. We were not very good. So I can imagine people selling their tickets, but man, I was there for both. And it was a lot of Cowboy fans. It was, uh, f- the second game Shannon's first year. I think Ezekiel Elliott went off Yeah, to make matters touchdowns. worse. I remember. Yeah. Four touchdowns. I was facing him in fantasy and in real life. So <laughs> I remember that game all too well. And man, I'll tell you by the third quarter, there was a loud, audible, let's go Cowboy chance. It was just something else. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been to a game. I mean, Steeler fans travel well. Um, you know, Bears fans travel decently well, surprisingly. Giants fans. Uh, Raiders could make could make a case depending on how they're playing in a given year because they're so close or used to be close. And Packers as well. I got to add them in. But th- that day with the Cowboys fans, I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like that. So, yeah, big shout out to everyone who, um, you know, reached deep into their pocket to drop, you know, six to $800 on uh, on tickets to that game. A couple things that we wanted to point out uh, last week in the podcast, Sean, uh, credit to you. You mentioned the two things that we need to focus on is uh, no field goals. Let's try to get these touchdowns and yeah, then also uh, kick the ball when when, they're, when it's kickoff. Just kick it in the end zone. Right. No. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Don't allow a return. I think I mentioned Turpin. Yeah, he was the MVP of the USFL. He'd been a he's been a problem all year. Yeah, and we've given up big returns all year. So I think I I exactly said what I exactly said was you're going to give up one big kick return and all of a sudden they're at midfield. And that's exactly what happened. I think they actually they had three big returns by him if I if my memory serves correctly. So I know that the whole strategy is this right? They move the ball up to the 35, like I mentioned. Uh, which means it's easier for you to kick the ball out of the end zone. And the touchbacks are now at the 25 instead of the 20. So certain teams, I think it was uh, when that rule change happened, people were just booting the ball out of the end zone, right? Take it at the 25 and don't worry about a big return. Mm -hmm. 
credit to Bill Belichick because he always is ahead of the game. He started kicking the ball just short of the of the of the goal line, forced them to return it because they can't down the ball at the five, right? Yeah, forced them to return it and have it where your your guys get down there, and you're able to tackle them on the 17 yard line. Right, that eight yards. I mean, you may not realize it, but every yard counts. This is a game of of attrition, right? Every single yard counts. If you're able to consistently pin them back inside the 20, that's huge. But the risk you run is just like the, what I what I mentioned, right? They had big returns and they had short fields. And then I think we had we had one where Greenlaw took a stupid penalty. This just like Ward did last week or week before. So it, it gave him a big return and then a, a 15 yard penalty. Yeah, that's how you can lose a, cl- a close playoff game. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. And uh, shout out to Robbie Gold, one of those kick returns. Robbie just threw his body out there, his forty-year-old oh, yeah. <laughs> body out there. Let's remember right. that. And of course, he's clutch. I think he made three. Was it three field goals in this Four. game? Four field goals. He's eight for eight on so, field goals, and then he has, uh, I think, six for six on extra points. Yeah. So far, on the contrary, the Dallas Cowboys. It seemed that they. <laughs> weren't you know faith they didn't have the uh faith in their in their own yeah. kicker right they went here's one thing they, they went for so many fourth down conversions and in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game where they I, I believe they needed to do a fourth down conversion they decided to punt and and give the 49ers the ball back oh the other thing i want to mention it's funny when uh Abukon blocked that extra point i think you know when they came back i i said it right away i said you know what that look based on where Ebukam was lined up, I said if he blocked that kick, that means it probably wasn't going in. You know, with the trajectory going that way, the way it went off to the left. Yeah. And sure enough, Fox comes back and they go, Yeah, you know what? We're not so sure that would have been good anyways. <laughs> so in a way, I think it probably would have been better if he didn't block Did it. Did we save his job? Is he still employed it, by the Cowboys, uh, the kicker? He probably still is. You know what? He he actually had a really good year. He was actually 90%. On the year, he was uh, 29 for 32 on field goals. It's pretty and good. he was 50 out of 53 in the regular season on extra points, one of which was in the – one miss was in the last week. So he had five missed kicks through 16 games. And then in the last three, he ends up missing five five just in those three games alone. So, you know, I mean, the golf oh, – sorry, kicking is like golf. It's It's a little bit of a mental game. And, you know, these guys will mention, I think David Akers mentioned it himself. He, he says, look, I almost cost this team. I, I feel terrible. This guy's been doing it. Bro, this guy, Brett Maher, he's only been doing it for four years. But, you know, veterans will tell you the same thing. They lose that focus, and it's hard to get it back. Yeah. A um, couple of things in the game that I think was uh, the reason why we won is that we won the turnover battle. And that's something that we did mention yeah. in the previous episode. I mean, that's something that you can stamp in every week. You win the turnover battle, you're more, more than likely going to win the game. Uh, there were some dropped interceptions. I think yeah. Trey Greenlaw had a dropped interception. Oh, he had a drop pick six. That would have sealed it. And um, just like the 49ers have been uh, making those uh, second half second half time adjustments, I think the Cowboys only had two field goal drives in the second half. There was no touchdown drives. There was multi, you know multiple punt drives. Um, That's correct. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, actually, I have the numbers here. They had two three and outs, uh, and then they had another one where it was four plays. So basically, another three and out, where uh, they they just you know did they didn't look very good in the second half. Yeah, offensively, they had one field goal uh, which was off of one of those short fields. 
where they moved the ball a total of 32 yards and got a field goal. And then the other field goal, which my stomach just sank. <laughs> uh, this was when Ray Ray McLeod fumbled and gave him the ball on our 21-yard line. Yeah. So, yeah, they had six possessions. It was punt, field goal, punt, field goal, punt, and then the end of the game. So that was it. Other than the turnover and that that ridiculously long kick return, they didn't do anything in the second half. And uh, one reason why I, I, I'd say my stomach sank, uh, that game was played on the 11-year anniversary of the 49ers-Giants 2011 NFC Championship game. Otherwise remembered for Kyle Williams fumbling the game away for us, but yeah. Twice. So to have a fumble punt, you know, I just I my, I I just shot it out right away. I was like, the fucking ghost of Kyle Williams lives on <laughs> eleven years to the day, and the game was played at three thirty, same time as that game. Was, so oh no, yeah. But shout out yeah, to the defense, I mean, uh, you right? Know. Yeah, huge shout out to the defense. Seriously, that that was a a big big stop to hold him to three there because the way momentum, you just held him to a three and out to open the second half. And then your special teams gives them the ball at the twenty yard line. You know that's it'd be easy for you know the defense to roll over and give up a touchdown there. So mm-hmm. yeah, big big shout out to them. A couple of things we wanted to mention uh, with the pass rush. It's it's been a little quiet with this pass rush. I think we've only had once. We only got one sack in this game, and uh, and that's a credit to the Dallas uh, O line. They're one of the one of the best in the leagues. I think they have two Hall of Famers in there. I think is it a guard mm-hmm. and a tackle that are yeah Martin and uh, Tyron Smith yeah for sure yeah they are getting a little older but they they played a great game uh, Bosa for the second straight playoff game I believe was shut out from any sacks I think the only sack that came today was from Ebukam um, we were pressuring Dak there were so many plays that you can see you see Dak throwing the ball in. And then you see uh, a defensive uh, defensive lineman's hand you know inches away yeah, from bringing him down yeah, yeah so. Bosa had a good presence as well, though, with tackle a tackle for loss. There was one where he was able to bring Zeke down. Correct. Uh, and also, uh, you know, on behalf of uh, us as Niner fans, uh, best wishes to Tony Pollard. That was a terrible injury. You know, you, you want to win yeah. the game, but you never want to see anyone get hurt. Uh, yeah. True. I have, I have, I have broken my ankle before. I don't know. I think officially he has a broken. It's a broken uh, bone in his leg. But right away, just the way he, he was. Um, you, you saw the injury, and of course Fox. They have to replay it fifty times for you to really. <laughs> they do, man. Drive it home, right? Now, if you remember in, against Seattle that game all those years ago, when Bowman tore his knee up, Oof. and Fox goes, "Hey guys, in case you missed it, here's it again. Here's the play again." <laughs> that Ten was more gruesome, times. man. That was gruesome. Yeah, that was a bad one, right? But yeah, no. Again, um, you know, for them to lose Tony Pollard, I think that that definitely did affect their ability to run the ball. Oh a little yeah, bit. it but, definitely affected their yeah, ability. Yeah, you know, I said our. Yeah, our our D line was uh, was 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 up to the task to stop them in the run game. Yeah, losing Tony Pollard um, just really put the spotlight on Ezekiel Elliott because uh, it was it did it, it did. was a carry one yard gain, a carry one yard two yard gain. It was yeah, yeah it it wasn't helping Look, back. I, I know I know people, I know people use the whole cliche of oh he got paid and stopped caring. No, I, I'm not going to say that. I think Ezekiel Elliott is just banged up. They kind of ran him into the ground. Yeah. Uh, and that's the concern you have with a guy like Josh Jacobs, you know, with the Raiders. You know, you, you cannot run the ball that way with, with these running backs if you want to have them for, for a longer career. Yeah, if, if you... Uh, um, I get it. You want to you want to maximize their potential and their usage, but no, there's, there, you can overtax a guy, and that's what ends up happening. You know, he's only, what, 28, and he looks like he's 
on the downside of his career already. Yeah, I think he's like 27, 28. Uh, right. Let's talk about some some weird plays. Uh, towards the end of the game, yeah. Eric Armstead, it looks like he was about to sack Dak Prescott for a safety. Oh, yeah, for a safety, And yeah. I think he did mention after the game that he just he was just not trying to get a penalty because it looked like he touched Dak and then Dak was able to spin away and he got the ball out. Uh, I know years back, they used to have a rule called in the grasp, right? And they, uh, it was controversial. I don't know if it's been eliminated or they just hardly use it now, but basically they would they could blow a play dead if the quarterback was, you know, firmly in the grasp of a defensive lineman. And, you know, nowadays you have these guys start to try to spin out and, you know, escape. And, I mean, Purdy's done it too, right? Yeah. Um, Russell Wilson did it all too many times to us. But, yeah, like you said, man, it was um, – he didn't want to draw the penalty. They got another one. Speaking of weird plays, that juggling catch by Kittle. Mm, yeah. Uh, the safety looked like he had, you know, a, a clear path to just nail him. I mean, if you're playing Madden, that's a hit stick play. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's one where he probably ducked out of the way a little bit. You can see him adjust. So he didn't want to hit his head. He didn't want to draw a penalty. Yeah. If this was the uh, Jim Harbaugh era 49ers, um, George Kittle would have been hit. It would have been bad. Uh, that's that's. Well, if it was the Harbaugh Niners, you wouldn't have been running that route. We would have handed the ball off and punted. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, can. I mean, Jim, I love you, man. No, it's it's George Kittle, man. I mean, he he comes through in yeah. these in these big games, and tight ends are not supposed to. You know, usually they don't have all these yards, but ninety five yards for a tight end is is exceptional. And um, yeah. I think he's been pretty consistent. No, no, yeah, he's uh, since we had Purdy as starter. Uh, George Kittle has taken off. I think he's probably playing the best football of his career, given this production and the the you know the, the gravity of the moment. Mm-hmm. Right, his best year was 2018, but that's you know, we were, you know, Jimmy had gone down and we were playing with you know backups and everything. Right, with Mullen and Bethard. I think it was Mullins that year mostly. Yeah, it was mostly. Right. I think it started with Bethard and then it, it's it Bethard moved over to, to Mullins. Uh, the other play, uh, the other play I wanted to talk about was the, the the last play of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I was trying to explain this to family members that were watching the game that are not, you know, football fanatics like I am. I was trying to, to figure out what the hell it was. I was trying to give them a little insight to what I think what was happening. And um, I think I was giving the Dallas Cowboys way too much credit because all yeah. we saw was Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. All we saw was Ezekiel Elliott get pancaked by, I think it was all Shair. And yeah, then, he absolutely um, just rocks him. And then uh, I, I'm not sure if it's, if it's Greenlaw. I think it's Greenlaw or somebody rushed Dak Prescott. That's when he threw it to Turpin, the kick returner. And then Jimmy Gordon is right there to lay him out. And that's it. The game was over. It it, it made no... I think a Hail Mary would have done much, would have, would have right. done more for that team. Uh, they, they had a couple of boneheaded plays, you know, with the tight end not uh, advancing forward. To get out of bounds, that yes. meant the clock was still ticking. And then also, right? and then they had a, a and then a Schultz again. He had a lazy catch. Yes, where he didn't drag his foot down. You know, if they do that, they have a legit shot at throwing a hill mary. You know, Dak can throw fifty yards easily, but no, they're backed up all the way to their twenty-five, and the game is essentially over. That that tackle that you mentioned, where I think it was Jimmy Ward that tackled him, and he went backwards and then went out of bounds. I think Jimmy Ward yep. was the one that. Reminded the ref, not saying that the ref didn't know what was going on, but Jimmy Ward was quick and he said, "No, no, no, keep keep the clock rolling." Yeah, keep the clock ticking. Yeah, I that's had a smart no idea that this rule existed at all. I, I 
Yeah. I didn't understand it, but I mean, I mean, I understand it so, now. Right. And that's one, one of those rules where I, I, I knew it kind of existed. I just never bothered to actually know what the full rule was. Yeah. Cause I, I thought they arbitrarily would rule, uh, whether, whether he was stopped in bounds or not. So the reason about him going backwards, right. It's a forward progress rule. Mm-hmm. So if you hit him and he goes backwards and then steps out of bounds, what they rule is that his forward progress was stopped at that spot. So the play was over right there. Yeah. And then so him going backwards and going out of bounds it's it's a it's a winding clock it's not it's not gonna stop yeah on that last dallas cowboys drives you get to see who's who's better coached right you get jimmy ward who acknowledges and understands this rule to to our benefit and then you get their tight end who's i I believe is from stanford um does not drag his toe and then does not know the rule of stepping out of bounds forward rather than being hit and then walking out of bounds so I mean, it shows you right there. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why I said advantage Kyle over Mike McCarthy. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So that's uh, that's pretty much our, our recap for Dallas. Uh, I know that's that's one that we will you know look back on fondly for years to come. Anytime you can beat your rival, you know. And I like I explained this, Alex. Like you mentioned, you had you know well, going to watch the game with family and friends. I said this to family and friends that I watch with. You know, everyone would ask me three years ago, maybe, hey, why do you talk about Dallas being a rival, right? I said, let me put it this way. Imagine I'm I'm at a, I'm at a grill, I'm barbecuing, and there's a, you know, you're cooking chicken, you're cooking everything on the fire, and then you have you have something indirect heat off to the left side of the burner with no fire on. Well, the Niners-Cowboys rivalry is one where you can move it from indirect heat to the fire, and it picks right back up where you left off. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's the best way I can describe it. If this is going to be one that's reignited. We play them again next year. I mean, hell, if we won the Super Bowl and we open on Thursday night like every champion does, mm-hmm. there's a good chance we probably would play them in week one. Ooh, yeah, they'll, they'll do that for yeah. the ratings. Alone. I think right. we were the yeah, second be, watched. Yeah. You know you know, they put, oh, yeah, there was 45 million viewers. Yeah. Yeah, second most watched divisional game. There you go. Um, yeah, and you know the NFL loves to put the Cowboys in that uh, game prime time yeah as much as it can right the defending champ right it was uh they played the bucks a couple years ago they played the giants a couple years back so yeah so the 49ers we're going to be taking a trip we're second seed we're going to be taking the trip to philadelphia to go against the philadelphia eagles who are the first seed in the nfc conference and uh right off the bat philadelphia oh, is a hostile environment this is not yeah <laughs> this, this, yeah, is, this is not Dallas. This is not, you know, not a friendly city at all. I mean, this is one where, uh, you know, like Niner fans have, have quote unquote done a takeover or invasion on a lot of cities. That's not going to happen in Philly. There's going to be a lot of Eagles fans. I know there's StubHub was reporting that on resale tickets, 20% have been purchased from California. Mm-hmm. And again, shout out to those Niner fans who are going to be out there, but yeah, flying all the way. Um, yeah, Philadelphia is known to be very, very, to think of your typical stereo, your stereotypical uh, rabid sports fan, how you see it in the media, right, in TV shows and in movies. That's who they're. Uh, that's it's a caricature of Philly fans. Yep. They used to have uh, their old stadium, which was known as Veteran Stadium. They actually had a jailhouse and a court in the stadium, so oftentimes people would get locked up on Sunday and spend the night there, and then Monday they'd be put in front of a judge. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird, man. 
Um, <laughs> but let's 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 dissect the team a little bit, right? Um, very yeah. similar to the Dallas Cowboys, they have a great O line. Um, their center, Jason yeah. Kelsey. They have a tackle, Lane Johnson. I think hasn't allowed a sack in two years. Sounds ridiculous. You know, the other thing about this team is that they have a quarterback that um, is is mobile, and and I think that's something that out of any other team in the in the NFC other than Kyler Murray, uh, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Scares me a bit. I'm not sure how you feel, Sean. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, there's no no mystery. I can't explain why I'm not that advanced of an X's and O's guy, but something just gives us problems uh, with with running quarterbacks since you know this current regime has been here. Uh, and you know, you saw a little bit with Dak. He had a couple of plays early on. I'm not sure if that was Cowboys abandoning it or if that was us adjusting somehow. But he mm-hmm. he didn't have. Those runs later in the game. Yeah. It, was, it was a little bit earlier on. Yeah, one of his fourth down conversions, he ran it. Yeah, he took it. It was no one there. Uh, we just got to account for him, I think, on one of them. But yeah, yeah, uh, you know, there's there's no mystery. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been. It, it, it's rare that you have a chance to potentially win most improved player and MVP in the same year. He has <laughs> been that good. Yeah, uh, Jalen Hurts pro took a huge leap this year. Yeah, yeah he from from where he was last year as as a passer. Yeah, and then um, you know that that's big help to they acquired AJ Brown from the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, that's a, that's a they, big big move that they did. Yeah, they already had Devontae Smith. That, that trade was so that trade was so bad for Tennessee that they actually fired their GM. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. AJ Brown is uh, a bona fide number one, uh, a star receiver. Uh, I think this year he started to get the recognition. Next year onwards, he'll, he'll get it even more. He was drafted same year as Debo. Second round. Right, see, with this crop of receivers, like with, with Debo, with, you know, A.J. Brown, you have Jefferson, you have uh, Jamar Chase, right? You have all these guys coming up. I put Ayuk in there, C.D. Lamb, right? Jerry mm-hmm. Judy. But, yeah, um, again, and look, we talked about Dallas, right? I said, look, they lost Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup, I think, was was a little hobbled or just not, this, not quite up to the same level. No. Uh, as he has been. And, um yeah, I said, I'm not so sure Seattle doesn't have better weapons than Dallas. And, you know, nothing against A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith. I still, I don't know. I don't think D.K. Metcalf, I don't know if D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett aren't better than them two. You think so? I, I feel like the Eagles have a great deep threat. I think that's, they have a couple things that, that could be our weakness, right? A mobile quarterback yeah. and a, and deep threat. Just because we have Diamondo Lenore, who's still young. Mooney Ward is doing a great job, but... I mean, he can be be beat, and then we we have safeties that are, you know, you you wouldn't say that they're they're you know they're speedsters. So, um, yeah, D'Amico Ryan's is going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope it's a game where we don't start slow defensively, mm-hmm. you know, where we give up some yards and you know, like a big play or or two. You know, that, I feel like that's that's a little bit of a theme in the second half of the year, mm-hmm. and then we, we we clamp them down in the second half. But hey, this is a playoffs. This is a championship game. You can't afford to really start slow. Uh, moving over to the Eagles' defensive line, a couple notable players on their on their D line: uh, defensive tackle Linval Joseph, uh, defensive yeah, tackle. Yeah, they signed him from the uh, Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Fletcher Cox. I know he's up there in age, but he's still he's still uh, making it work. Oh, he's still producing. Yeah. Uh, a young edge in Josh Sweat. Uh, I did they draft him? I think they did draft him because I'm thinking uh, Redskins. I think so too. Redskins, sorry, the Commanders, but uh, that's another. Oh, Montez, Montez Sweat, yeah. Uh, linebacker Hassan Reddick, which I believe they picked up from uh, Arizona, probably in free agency. 
Mm-hmm. Um, their outstanding corner, Darius Slade. This guy has been in the league for quite a while and has always been dominant. He was a Detroit Lion. Detroit Lion, yeah. Drafted by yeah. Lions and I think picked up by the Eagles in free agency. Right. And a safety that I actually wanted to pick up. I think he was drafted back in 2019 in CJ Gardner Johnson. He was drafted by the Saints. We took right, yeah. a punter in Mitch Wisnowski yeah. when he was still on the board. So the board, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a nice safety. They have, uh, they have a former giant, James Bradbury. This is a team that they put together. You know, they're pretty aggressive in their their moves, whereas we were pretty homegrown. They have a lot of defenders that came from from elsewhere. So. Uh, credit to them credit to their front office and their coaches for you know building up a good defense here i, I forgot to uh, mention have... um oh, real, real quick sean i forgot to mention in their offense uh their tight end really good tight end dallas uh goddard goddard i believe goddard, yeah. yeah go ahead yeah the uh the thing that stands out about philadelphia defensively they have 70 sacks Ooh. oh by comparison <laughs> we had 44 and i thought we had a you know a good performance this year Again, sacks don't always tell the full story. You know, it's kind of like, you know, in baseball saying, hey, I hit 60 home runs and the other guy hit 41, for example, you know, something like that. But doesn't mean that, you know, that you didn't have a good year yourself. It's just saying that they they made a lot, a lot of big splash plays. And they had they had four different guys in double figures. Wait, is this real? Uh, Brandon Hassan Graham Reddick? wasn't even a starter. Was that? 16, Hassan Reddick? That's real? Yeah, 16 sacks for Hassan Reddick. 11, 11, 11 for Hargrave, Sweat, and Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham was the one who won the Super Bowl for them five years ago. He sacked Tom Brady and stripped the ball out and pretty much ended the game. Wow, man. That, that's uh, Yeah, I mean, because you, you switch over to the 49ers side. We got Nick Bosa, and then there's a yeah. huge drop-off. I think our next guy yeah. is uh, Omenihue. It's something you yep. mentioned, Sean, off-air, something that we're missing uh, that we don't have from the 2019 season is that D Ford. That compliment yeah. to uh, Nick Bosa on the other end. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You know, missing D Ford on the the other side, the other edge, especially on you know big passing downs, and then DeForest Buckner. You know that mm-hmm. he was a big that that defensive line was something else. You know, if you could combine that now with a more mature, experienced Fred Warner and a better secondary that we have, oh, it would have been unfair, but. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. 70 sacks for them. Uh, some of that, look, you can only play who's on your schedule. There's no mystery. The Eagles had an easy schedule per every metric. They didn't play very good offensive lines. That's the other thing. So you got to wonder some of that was it sacks piled up against bad teams, right? So one of the things about Philadelphia is that, you know, when comparing them to Dallas, you know, like we said, so we talked about their pass rush, we talked about their secondary, uh, their linebackers are not as good. Right, I mean, Cowboys have a better linebacking core. Leighton Vanderesh, of course, is their leader. Um, Philadelphia, I, I, I don't, I don't subscribe too much into this whole, you know, super advanced analytics and whatever grades that they give. For me, sometimes I'm able to just look at, you know, the see how they performed. The eye you know, test. how many, how many yards was that? The, the eye test, the eye right? Test. <laughs> but, but some of it, you know, it, it's getting to the point where you do have to take that into account. You know, when they tell you that, hey, this team is graded uh, A-plus, you know, and stopping the run and, and uh, containing the receivers, but they struggle against tight ends. And sure enough, that's what happens. You know, you you have to pretty much eventually, um, you know, give, give, it, give it some credit. So they have TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. Those are their two starting uh, linebackers, right? They, they don't 
particularly jump off the page. One, Kaiser White came from the Chargers. Again, this is a defense that was put together, you know, via free agency. They don't, there's not a lot of homegrown players. All right, so uh, it's 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 it, it's a formidable uh, linebacking core. It's just Kyle loves to attack the linebackers, right? And um, if we get our run game going with the play action stuff, that's how he's able to then attack those linebackers. I'm hoping we have a big game for McCaffrey, seven to nine catches, right? Mm-hmm. Ten catches, maybe even. Yeah. Uh, same with George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, we we can transition to, uh, I guess the the quote unquote keys to victory. But um, mm-hmm. I think the number one thing is controlling that clock. Um, if we can limit the amount of possessions that the Eagles have, that's less, you know, big time plays, big big throws to uh, AJ Brown or Devonte mm-hmm. Smith. Um, and you remember AJ Brown burned us last uh, Christmas Eve or December twenty third, I think, whatever the, the day was. Yeah, Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah, he had a very good game against us. And and you know, the, controlling the clock that's going to be complementary as well with the run game. So, Sean, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, uh, but you know, also Eli Mitchell. He did a, he did a pretty good job in the fourth quarter. I think he. Oh, those are tough yards. Yeah, he was able to get us a couple of first downs that we were able to kill the clock even further, and oh, just really. We didn't a, mention this, but he needed a slide in that situation. We didn't. Oh yeah, that's. We true. kind of glossed over that. It's okay. We won the game, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for those confused, when he had that big run outside, if he slides there, the game is essentially over. I think there's like nine seconds left. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. On the clock, if, right? It wouldn't have mattered. I think but. Sean, you mentioned if the Eagles did get the ball, it would have been about thirty seconds less. So they would have had yeah. more or less ten seconds or so to, uh, you know, right. try to try to uh, pull pull a a miracle. Uh, yeah. We mentioned uh, time of possession. We mentioned running the ball, and the other thing is going to be. Uh, you know, of course, defense. I mean, can we stop this this air attack? Uh, I think uh, Jalen Hurts, he had, what, less than 200 passing yards against the Giants? But it really seemed like he didn't really need to have that type of performance against that, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, lesser team. Oh, they ran him over, man. Yeah, that, <laughs> that game was pretty much over after the first couple of drives. Uh, I, I don't think the, the Giants... I, I think there was actually... Uh, I, I want to say it was Matt Mayoko who was on... Uh, KNBR earlier mm-hmm. or one of the stations. He said that the advantage from wild divisional weekend goes to the Niners because the Cowboys were better for us to prepare for the Eagles. Like we 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 encountered more in preparation than the Giants did in facing the uh, sorry than the Eagles did in facing the Giants. Oh, for sure. Completely different. Right? Yeah. So I mean it's it's almost like, yeah, you had an easier win, but you know, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. You 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 know that's one of the one of the old cliches in sports. But I in terms of matchups as well, I think it really does help us. I think those two teams are built pretty similarly. Just again, so Cowboys had a lot of seven-man fronts, meaning they had four defenders playing in the secondary. They didn't have to have an extra safety. That's humongous because you're able to then contain the run with seven. You can have an extra defender back for, for to play in the secondary to limit the passing game. So I don't know if the Eagles will be able to do that with just with their linebackers. We'll see what happens. That's going to be the matchup to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think it's set up as a heavyweight fight. It's the top two teams. This is, you know, that this isn't one of those years where, I mean, like last year, we were a little bit of a Cinderella, right? A wild card team. Even the Rams were the fourth seed. It was actually number six at number four, which that's a rare matchup where both the top seeds are out. Yeah. Right. So this, this, this is a heavyweight fight. This is your, your, your main event, kind of a, a game. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, I think uh, oh, sorry, I'm expecting trick plays. I'm expecting both yeah. sides. I'm expecting Kyle and Nick Sirianni to come empty the bag of uh, yeah, because yeah, this is going to be similar to the Cowboys. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a defensive game, and uh, I mean the biggest thing is containing containing that offense because they can score points and Jalen Hurts can run. And uh, I mean the matchup I'm going to be watching is if we're going to use Fred Warner as a as a QB. As a QB spy, you know, kind of stay okay. in the middle and and see if um you know we can try to contain Jalen Hurts. Okay, yeah, that's that's actually a good point. Um, well, that's one of those things I'm going to be looking out for as well. All right, just uh, a couple other things to point out. Actually, this is uh, our sixth NFC Championship game appearance is since 2011. That is. Unreal. That means in 12 years we've made it out to six championship games. Every other year, on average, we're in, you know, we're knocking on the door of the Super Bowl over a period of 12 years. That is unreal. Yeah. I know the, this isn't the AFC where, you know, the JV AFC where the Patriots just, you know, had a second round bye every year to the championship game. We've had some tough, tough games to get there. And uh, from 1998 to 2010, we had zero. So, you know, it's it's been nice to be back in that, and I think actually total, if I'm not mistaken, I still think the Niners have the most appearances ever. It was two in the '70s, five in the '80s, five in the '90s, so, and then uh, so that's 18 now. I think if you eliminate the 2000s, if you eliminate that decade, and you yeah. start from our first Super Bowl, we are in half of NFC uh, championship yeah. games, which is pretty cool that's unreal yeah yeah but no, you're right sean it's it's good to be back into this you know if we if we do have an off year we know that it's not going to be consecutive off years right right that's something well, that no one wants to return back to that's that's a dreadful period yeah it's bad oh yeah um yeah to add to that it's actually if you go back to 2011 2014 is the only year where we were we were eight and eight. We were mediocre. So in that time span, we are either going to the NFC Championship game or we lose ten or more games. <laughs> yeah. There's there, there's no middle ground, right? So 2015 we were five and eleven. 2016 we were two and fourteen. Uh, 2017 we were six and ten. Although we finished hot. 2018 we were four and twelve. Of course, 2019 uh, thirteen and three went to the Super Bowl. And then 2020, we were six and ten, and um, that was the COVID year. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's boomer busts outside of 2014. Yeah, no, which, that's true. Again, I mean, we've talked about this before, though, right? How how the team was built, you know, with the different draft picks that wouldn't have been there, you know, without without Jimmy's injury in 2017, we don't have Nick Bosa, and who knows how this team looks. Yeah, um, but a couple, of, uh, a few more things to get to. Kyle Shanahan was named a finalist for Coach of the Year which I think he's way overdue for that. He is. I mean, come on. Just uh, number one, as a, it's not a lifetime award, of course. It's only given for this year, but he's been denied a few times where I think he did definitely deserve it. This year, he's on a third-string quarterback who's a seventh-round rookie, you know, their last pick of the draft, and they're knocking on the door of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other finalists are, ironically, Nick Sirianni of the Eagles, Doug Peterson of the, of the Jaguars, and Sean McDermott of the Bills. Yeah, I think Kyle should hopefully be taking it this year. Like you mentioned, third string quarterback. Uh, we had a rough start, and what other team can say that they had twelve winning, you know, t- t- uh, a twelve game win streak? I mean, that's yeah, 
Oh. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. The streak is up to 12 now. Oh, no, so. That's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Uh, as well, D'Amico Ryans is a finalist for Assistant of the Year, which we all know he had, what, a handful of interviews this past week, which yeah, you know, was did. a little cause of concern. Hopefully his mind was uh, in the game. But, I mean, 12 points against the Cowboys. His mind was in the game, so I don't think that those interviews phased yeah. him. Uh, Purdy did... Uh, uh, edge out to be a finalist for Offensive mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. Uh, Bosa, a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year, which he most likely will receive. Uh, yeah, Purdy, I think Kenneth Walker probably deserves it, you know, just for the full season of work. But yeah, it's it's awesome that our guys are getting recognition there. Yeah, oh, and, um, uh, All Pro. We didn't mention All Pro uh, last week. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, what what, Tr- Trent Williams. Is it George Kittle? Yeah. Trent Williams, no, no, it's Williams, Ufanga, Fred Warner. There's a, there's an offensive player, another oh, one aside one. from Trent. I think it is. I think it is. Uh, oh, it's Bosa, Bosa, Williams, Warner, and Hufanga. Oh, so one of one offensive player, three defensive players. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, I mean that's that's awesome, man. All pro. Yep. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to kind of close out with, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about a rookie quarterback to start a championship game. There have been four others. And it's funny because when I'll, we're going to read off the years, they kind of all happened in a similar little time period. Uh, if you go back to 1999, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they benched Trent Dilfer, who, of course, you know, ironically wound up winning a Super Bowl the year after with the, with the Ravens. But uh, he was benched in favor of a rookie, Sean King. Uh, who stepped in probably actually, I think I might've mentioned this on a prior episode. He stepped in right around the time where Brock Purdy ended up being maybe a little bit earlier. I'm not totally clear, but I remember it was sort of the second half of the year and that Bucks defense was insane. So they just needed him to come in and not mess up. Yeah. I mean, they still, they Uh, had at that time they had Warren Sapp, Daryl Brooks, Simeon Rice. Warren Sapp uh, also, uh, John Lynch, who was our GM, was that's the right, safety. That's right, yeah. Uh, he was a free safety on the team. They had Rondé Barber, they had Derek Brooks. Uh, man, they were loaded. They had uh, just – I mean, I'm, I'm blanking on some of the other names that are on that roster, but they had a Hall of Famer at every level. Uh, Booger you know, McFarland was he? Maybe, yeah, Booger McFarland was a very good defensive tackle on that team, yeah. Uh, I think they still had Hardy, Hardy Nickerson. I think he had left. But, yeah, Derek Brooks was there. And then, you know, again, Ronnie Barber was Hall of Famer, right? So uh, after that, you had the 2004 Steelers with Big Ben, who was, a, uh, of course, you know, his rookie year. He actually, I think he took over like in week three. He was 13-0. and 0. He hadn't lost a game until, ironically, the championship game to the Patriots. 2008 Ravens with Joe Flacco, uh, who fell to the Steelers in their uh, round three matchup that year in 2008. And then 2009, the Jets were led by Mark Sanchez, who actually had a 17-6 to lead on Peyton Manning. Early on in that game, they uh, they were then outscored twenty four to zero. But this those is, are your four four prior rookies for Mark Sanchez. And that's a divisional game against the Patriots. No, 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 the Colts. Oh, they played the Colts in the AFC Championship game. It was Colts and Jets. Yeah, oh nine. So and the one thing I want to make about about that list there, right? Those I actually I had to look this up because I I know off the top of my head that they're all defensive defensive minded you know the old annoying oh pump the ball play defense be conservative don't make mistakes 1970s football right uh these four teams were all ranked in the bottom three in passing attempts and passing yards all right so i think it's no coincidence of course that they were the type of team that would start a rookie quarterback 
and have but success. But with Brock Purdy, right, and still win, almost mm-hmm. in spite of the quarterback. Yeah. What I want to say with Brock Purdy, no, this is a guy that's being handed the keys to the Ferrari. You know, he's not playing that whole conservative 70s offense. So he's going to have a chance to make some plays. I, I trust that Kyle Shanahan will have a good game plan. Uh, I give full credit to Dallas, Dan Quinn. I think he had a great game plan to stop what we were going to do. Yeah, he did. Uh, nothing against Philly. I think there's just a little bit of a familiarity factor with Quinn and Shanahan where that helped them. Uh, this staff, we, we've we only played this current Eagles squad once. That was week two last year. I really don't think that's going to mean a whole lot uh, when it comes to Sunday. That was so long ago. We're a completely different team. They're a completely different team. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, excited that the game is at 12 p.m. It's going to be in uh, yep. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, One other thing that I really enjoy about this weekend, Alex, uh, yeah, it's yeah, the Super Bowl is is huge, of course, right? That's what you fight for all year. Championship Sunday to me was always the last true football weekend because the Super Bowl is full of all this hoopla with you know halftime performers and you know all, all these celebrities and everything. It's more of a party. Uh, there's so many. It is. It's a holiday. You know, it's, it's a big, like a, it's a corporate crowd. You know, it's it's an event of itself. Yeah. But this weekend is the final weekend about football and only football. So I, I always thought it, it it shined in its own way, and you know, I always enjoyed. It's one where even if the Niners are not in it, you know, I always enjoy watching Championship Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think for us to like, again, like you said, be back here for a sixth time in twelve years is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's been a heck of a run. I think it's time that we finally convert and. Oh my! You know, get number yeah, six or six one. Hopefully, we we yeah. uh, we move forward. But you know, it's just it's just uh, you know, times like this is just to remind ourselves to uh, you know take it in and appreciate where our team is right now. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, yeah. this is his third uh, NFC Championship game. He is tying uh, Jim Harbaugh for three NFC Championship games. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, both went to a Super Bowl. Neither one of them won. Hopefully, um, hopefully Kyle can break that break that mold. But uh, you know, just to give you insight of of how hard it is to get this deep in the playoffs, um, Sean Payton has been coaching since '06. I want to say he's been to the NFC Championship three times. Um, another yeah. person, Mike Tomlin, has been coaching since I believe '07, and he's been 07, to the yeah. AFC Conference three times. Um, I mean, not every coach yeah. is, is your Bill it's Belichick and your Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid is on five straight AFC championships at home. I mean, that's ridiculous, yeah, right? Yeah, which is unreal. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, can any oh, – man, what other team can say in the last 10 years we've been to six? Oh, Patriots. But then again, like I said, that conference was a joke. Yeah, I mean, when, there's when no they were getting there, they had They had first-round buys, and then they would have a garbage-ass opponent in the second round, so – I don't know. I'm not knocking them. You can only play who's in front of you, but, but yeah, other than the Patriots, no, um, you know, people talk about, you know, I mean, Denver had that little run under Peyton Manning. They only went to two championship games. Uh, the Ravens for, as far as being a consistent team, they've only been what? Oh, eight, 2011 and 2012. So yeah, they've only been to three themselves mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, with John Harbaugh being there for so long. Yeah, hopefully this is uh, a a new chapter in the uh, 49ers, uh, you know, legacy dynasty. Hopefully we can we can make this decade, you know, two or three cha- right. uh, two or three Super Bowls. So, you know, we'll- right? It kind of take our place back at the top because we're tied with Dallas at five, and I don't think we get the the recognition. You know, obviously Pittsburgh with six, New England with six. 
you know, Dallas is five, but they, they're looked at differently. So, uh, well, the Eagles is funny because they actually were the 2000s version of the 2010 Niners. They went to four championship games in a row in 01 to 04, and then one more in 08. They were actually one and four in those games. So uh, they're two and four total, counting their 2017 win. So this is their seventh championship game appearance since 2001. Ironically, you know, for them to have seven and for us to have six in the t- same time span, yeah, we've never faced each other until this year. No, so. yeah, you're right. You're right. I, when the Eagles were, when they had that stretch with McNabb, we were obsolete. <laughs> we, we didn't exist. Yeah. And uh, same when they did it back uh, again in 08. I mean, we were, was it Mike Singletary at that time? So, yeah, yep. just a yep. reminder, Niner fans, uh, appreciate moments like this because there's some franchises yeah. that don't 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 sniff what we've what yeah. we've been having in the last decade. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, man, do you have any, uh, per, uh, you want to do like score predictions? Yeah, Alex, if, I, if I'm going to throw a prediction out there, I'm going to say, well, number one, let me, let me let me preface it. If we let me give you a stat, if we rush thirty five times, okay. we will win the game. Okay. I think that's going to be sort of the you know the the barometer, the measuring stick, yeah. right? And I think we end up winning twenty seven to sixteen. Is my prediction? Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little higher just because I know that this this Eagles offense can and will score. Um, I'm going to say um like thirty four twenty eight. Something like oh, that. Oh, okay. 34-28. So we're sweating it out then. 34-27. You know, I, I give some field goals to the Eagles. Yeah, man, we're going to be sweating this out. I think this is going to be more is going to be more entertaining than the the Cowboys. The Cowboys 49ers games was entertaining for football fans, but was, is not entertaining for the average fan. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. You know I mean, yeah, we're not gonna. It's like a baseball game where it's two to one and both pitchers are dealing. Yeah, you see, somebody somebody posed the question: Was that two good defenses or two bad offenses? Yeah, I said no, no, that was two, two very good defenses. Good defenses that were yeah, right both there. both quarterbacks, both quarterbacks are sweating. All right. Yeah. All right, man. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, hopefully, we're back next week with uh, you know great news that we're heading to the Super Bowl, yeah. and uh, we'll we'll A see. Super Bowl ep- episode would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, uh, faithful. Uh, I mean, until next week. I think this is going to be it for us for today. Any uh, closing thoughts, Sean? That's it. Let's go Niners. Twelve o'clock. Go Niners. Take care, faithful. Mm-hmm.